You're listening to the official Push Square podcast featuring Ben and Ben. Do you push square? everybody and welcome to another episode of the Push Square Podcast. My name is Ben Potter and I'll be your host for the official podcast of the best PlayStation website on the internet, pushsquare.com. And joining me as always, even though it's the last time, is Ben Tarrant. Hello Tarrant. Hello Potter. What does that mean? It means that it's the last time for us, unfortunately. What? This This is the last Push Square Podcast as... You didn't tell me. Know it. <laughs> Surprise! God, what a... What a shock. The, the guys who have been gone for like, what, four months? It's been when like two, E3? I think. Two, yeah, two months. The last one we did was E3. Apologies to Pushquare.com for not putting an episode out sooner because they've had a massive, ugly E3-related piece of content in the middle of their website for oh, yeah. the past two months. Uh, that's, that was, that's our bad. Sorry. Um, but yeah, this is it. This is it for us. We're, we're two very busy men. Um, I've got a lot going on with work. You've got a lot going on with like house hunting and you well, know, moving in, preferably <laughs> stuff. Well, prove yeah, moving in hopefully. Um, uni stuff and so on, and it's just unfortunately we just cannot dedicate the time to this that we want to. Yeah, this um, deserves you know an entire afternoon of our work and then whatever time you spend editing editing it, Potter. So it's you know it's mm. not just like crack it out and walk away from it you know we want to put out something that we're proud of every time we record and that's that's not necessarily tenable for us in the current climate and rather than putting out mediocre stuff all the time we thought better to you know kind of quit while we're ahead mm-hmm. um well this is it thank you so much everybody who supported us so far we hope you enjoy this final episode uh, we will be doing the news. Uh, our big content this week will be a discussion about Destiny 2 and some chatter about Uncharted, The Lost Legacy, Knack 2, and Everybody's Golf. Because everybody cares about Everybody's Golf. Everybody does. It's in the name. Uh, then we've got some audience questions, and we're going to give some thank yous at the end there, uh, and then wrap it all up. So, Tarrant, for the last time, are you ready? I am. Let's do this. News time. Goodness, there's not a great deal of news going on, is there? I've been, obviously where our schedules haven't worked up, but I've always had the notes ready, so I've been updating them every time we've attempted to go and do a cast and whatever's happened. I mean, I had family emergencies, you had holiday, I had holiday, blah, blah, blah. And each time the news section is very, very bleak. I feel like it's like everybody just splurted their load at E3 and they've all kind of wind down now. There's not a lot going on. There's a lot of rumor mill stuff still. Mm -hmm. Um, I think now is probably a bit more interesting. So hopefully we've got some cool things to talk about. Yes. Yeah, you've cherry picked some of the best stuff since we've been away. First of which, Bethesda Game Studios are supposedly working on a Game of Thrones title. Do you watch Game of Thrones? Um, I do. I haven't watched the newest season because I like to... Oh, have I you know, not? I know. I've done it with Rick and Morty as well. I've completely held off oh, and I'm just going to binge them all in. Like, I, I, I'm a binger. I like watching it all in one go. 
So oh, I, I've I, like Twitter has made it made me quite aware that I'm missing out big time. But yeah, I'm amazed you've managed to avoid spoilers for for both of those shows. I know I've had one spoiler for Game of Thrones, which I personally don't regard as particularly bad. It's not a bad spoiler. It's not like some of them that I've mm-hmm. had previous. I mean, I had uh, the Force Awakens spoiled for me in the pub the night before I went to see it. Oh, um, okay. yeah, that yeah. that that bridge scene. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. Okay. I just turned around and was like, "Are you having a laugh, mate? Did you yeah, really what? just shout that out in a weather What spoons? the hell? That's not fair. No, not cool. But yeah, mm. so I don't watch Game of Thrones. Well, you do, but you but haven't seen the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the latest season. Um, Would you be interested in a in a Bethesda developed Game of Thrones game? And obviously, how brilliant and not clunky it would be. See, this is where you need to look at their like Bethesda Game Studios library. Um, because obviously our first port of call in that that instance would be oh my god a Skyrim Game of Thrones which yeah that's made by Bethesda Game Studios but you've also got to consider that Bethesda Game Studios also work on lots of mobile titles including mobile like pinball titles Boo! and a lot of those are licensed meaning it's more than likely uh, licensing for some kind of trash mobile game rather than a big expansive open world with dragons Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it is for a big open world with dragons, then cool. Sign me up for Skyrim again, because <laughs> yeah. you know if you can't make another Skyrim, make another Skyrim that isn't Skyrim but basically is Skyrim. I am so done with Skyrim, and and I think I was done the first time around. I played it solidly for a month, and and I honestly I ruined it for myself. I could never go back to it. Um, I've tried. Uh, it got re-released on PS4. I can't bring myself to play it. I didn't play any of the DLC because it didn't run um, when your save <laughs> yeah. file got to a certain size. Uh, and I certainly won't be playing it in VR because it looks clunky and stupid. It looks Ooh, rubbish no, in VR. Yeah, God. No, thank you for the VR. I, I re-attempted uh, Skyrim on PS4. Um, and yeah, I, I just didn't have the willpower to invest that sheer amount of time that I did when I was younger and gave Skyrim ago on ps3 i mean i platinumed mm. it on P- it was my first platinum oh. on ps3 which i'm you know very proud of nice. um but yeah there's no way i could give it another full run like i used to so i'd play a game of thrones game though if if it was a big open world yeah definitely definitely i Bethesda think there's a, game. There's, there's a degree of like further enjoyment to it being a licensed game so having mm. all of the like familiar characters and familiar settings i think it would be super enjoyable, even if it had this, this similar formula to Fallout and, and Skyrim. There's already a Game of Thrones game, and it's bad! Oh, that, the Telltale one? No, no, that one's actually not too bad. There is, There was an official Game of Thrones game and uh, on PS3, and it wasn't good. Uh, mm. So, if you want a little taster, you can go and play that if you like. Licensed uh, games are inherently bad, aren't they? Like, official yeah. movie tie-ins and stuff. Usually, it had. I think it had official like voice talent in it and stuff. Oh wow, from, that, that's uh, better than most then. Yeah, the Telltale series did as well, which was good. But um, yeah, anyway, uh, some more up to date news that came out today. I think right about yeah, Okami HD. Three minutes before we recorded. Oh, look at that! What a professional. Uh, there's an Okami HD remake coming to PS4, which will be launching on the 12th of December with 4K support on the PS4 Pro. I've heard loads of hullabaloo about Okami. And I love the look of the art style whenever I see it, but I've never actually played it. So this Me is one neither. of those. Yeah, this is one of those HD remakes. I'm like, oh, cool, sweet. Yeah, I'll give that a whirl instead of yeah. buying a PS2. Yeah, I will too. I'll give that another go. It's going to be fifteen ninety nine. Oh, that's very reasonable. Yeah, for something that, you know, 
for those that have it, I mean, 4K support's not going to be easy on a game that's that old. So mm-hmm. they put, you know, they haven't just like wrapped it up in a bow and thrown it out the door. They, mm-hmm. they, they put some work into it. So yeah, yeah. I'm glad to see that, and I'll, I'll definitely give that another whirl. Excellent. Uh, give that a whirl, rather. Give that a whirl, a twirl, a whirly woo. What's next? Uh, Batman voice actor Kevin Conroy, legend has stated that there are currently no more Arkham games in production because he would, wouldn't he? He's not going to be the guy that announces the next Arkham game. But apparently yeah, that's... Yeah, remember when they news. said Mark Hamill was done voicing the Joker? Do you remember that? Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. It, and then Arkham Knight. They're not going to... He's not going to be the guy to announce it. He's going to be... If he knows about it, he's under strict NDAs that will involve his contract, ergo his contracts that put food on the table for him. To not say anything, so you know he's 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 obviously gonna say that. Um, yeah, well, we don't have the the context either. If someone just straight up asked him, "Hey, is there gonna be a new Batman game?" and he said, uh, "No, I, there's there's no no more Batman games in the work at the moment," then that's just an off the off the cuff comment. If he's like made a statement on his Twitter that there are no more Arkham games, then that's different. Um, yeah, but yeah. even so, you shouldn't believe him. No, not at all. He's I'm... Batman. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you've got to consider the wording on it. So he said that there are currently no more, which could well be the truth. That they also, have plans to. It may well refer to. He may well just be referring to him. Like yes. he's he's not going to be made aware of every Arkham game of going. You know, they did Arkham Origins that didn't have him in, nope. and they're supposedly doing that Arkham, other one. <laughs> Arkham that's in other. development. I can't remember what it's called. Um, but there's another one in development, supposedly, by not by Rocksteady. Ah. And so, yeah. that could well have what's-his-name-in as, as Batman rather than Kevin Conroy, so he wouldn't be aware of that, probably. Yeah, exactly, or be aware of it, and he said this statement in referral to his presence within the production of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a good series, for want of a you know a point. It I've really enjoyed them. I remember playing um, Arkham Asylum, that first time mm-hmm. around, just being like, "This is exactly what I wanted a Batman game to be like." Yeah, Arkham Asylum just... was incredible, and I yeah. really liked City. And Night was was still really good, but it was you know worse. So it makes sense that they'll probably maybe take a bit of a break from it. I mean, Warner Brothers are currently working on. It is Warner Brothers that make it, right? That are involved with it. Yes, yes. they publish. Yeah. Yeah, so they're obviously hands on with the the likes of Shadow of War. Yeah, for such. better or for worse, right? Ah, uh, do you know what? Every time I open Twitter, the game industry is upset about microtransactions and loot boxes and stuff, and I get it, but I don't at the same time. It's it's quite irritating. Um, it's just it's Warner Brothers just putting their hands where they don't need to and muddying a game that doesn't need that stuff. Yeah, Shadow of Mordor was so good. I really liked it. Oh, I wasn't fussed by it. That was really? that was the game of the the push grade game of the year that I just didn't understand. I just thought the Nemesis, from a design perspective, the Nemesis system is incredible. Uh, like, not as functional yeah. as it could be, but, like, the premise of it and the fact that a lot of it worked. And, yeah, I mean, if they if they built on that and made it more tactile, then that's going to be incredible. Maybe there aren't that many changes, which is why they've hammered in all the cosmetics. I just think those things take time. You know, making all these skins, making all of these orcs, making all of that, 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 that is developer's time that is literally shoehorned in a manner that makes money. Like they're, they're made purposefully to create money. 
and programs. It's like Destiny, which we're going to talk about in a bit, but it's, it's also relevant now. How they've they've done things like the shaders and made them like single use and stuff like yep. just almost barbaric practices of just pure money grabbing. But that mm-hmm. is developers' time, and I, developers don't choose to do that. You know, the people that throw money into them are the ones that make those calls. But it's just annoying that developers' time is spent creating those money machines rather than making a really like a, improving the game, making the game better than it mm-hmm. could be. Which inherently would it'd probably make you more money in the short term, but then it's a business and people want money long term. The the, I, the financial I didn't like him. no, but the financial viability of games long term is in question with the amount of like always online stuff that peak and then plummet so quick and servers going offline. It's it, the risk reward is is big these days. So yeah, but they equally they could. Um... I think in the case of, of Shadow of War here are are getting so much bad press from it than than they would have done if they'd have just not bothered. I think the the long term viability of online games is something to take into consideration. But if it's purely about a a get as much money as you can versus foster a user base that genuinely loves your product, then that's that's a di- that that should be a straightforward call. Yes, it, it should, should be. It should try and make the best game possible for all of you know to keep your audience together and keep them playing them for the longest time rather than here's 300 dollars worth of dlc for evolve let's let's ah swore let's just (laughs) strip this game apart and and make as much money as possible at the expense of the user base you know because it drives people away yep yep anyway and to be honest you you should be you should be spending your time fostering your, your player base and all of that. You shouldn't be creating all of this money and for the sake of it through negative and through negative press of all things, not even through like here, this is so awesome. Spend money. It's like, this is really bad of us to do, but please spend your money still. And people mm-hmm. will, people feel are made to feel like they need it and hiding. I hate it when they hide things behind a grind. Oh, you can still get it all in game. Yeah. But you've made it take like four hundred hours, mm-hmm. so you're gonna you like if I really cared, I'm gonna be made to spend that one ninety nine because no one's got those four hundred hours to grind. The the thing I hate the most, I think currently, um, is I think uh, TT games are just should be punished for the way that they present their Lego games currently. The main screen of the last few Lego games I played on PS4. It's it's a full page advert for their season pass, oh, and you God. have to choose the game in order to start the game and get to the main menu. Like it's a full thing where it's like, hey, do you want to spend more money or play wow. the game you've just bought? That's awful. And that's every time you start the game. Really? It's like, why is this okay? Jeez. Why is no one thinking that's a bit off, isn't it? They want kids to accidentally press through it and stuff, don't they? Possibly. That's I awful. don't know. I'm I'm not going to say that, but I can't imagine that hasn't happened. Yeah. No. That's that's um, awful. Yeah. Anyway, there we we got on a bit of a moan there. No. A monthly that's moan. good. We need to get it all out in the open. Um, yeah. Let Let's uh, fly through the rest of these then. South Park, the fractured but whole. Uh, the if you change the skin color of your character, the difficulty increases, which is hilarious and incredibly South Park. Yeah. I mean, 
I saw it and thought like, ooh, like that's that's pretty rough. But then that's so on brand for South Park. It's yeah, that's incredibly South Park. That that's um, so ballsy. Yeah, so ballsy. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to see how the whole. Um, I don't know, without without poking the wasp's nest here, Tarrant, how the whole alt-right gaming scene was reacting to it. Yep. Because I don't think they knew what to do with themselves. Because I don't think they're, largely, I don't think they're clever enough to uh, differentiate that South Park is not an ally of theirs. South Park just does what it wants. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I think that's all that needs to be said on that. That's funny, and I look, I'm very interested to see how that works out. Yeah. Um, Gearbox have confirmed that Borderlands 3 is in production. Uh, Randy Pitchford of uh, Gearbox said at PAX West that 90% of the team are working on what you want us to be working on. Which obviously isn't Battleborn 2. No, you would assume not. Um, yeah, finally, they showed off at the, uh, I think it was GDC, the Game Developers Conference. The tech they demo showed stuff. Off yeah, of their new that engine. Cool, it's yeah. clearly Borderlands. Oh, yeah, clearly yeah, yeah. Is what And everyone knew they'd be working on it anyway, but it's nice to have confirmation, pretty much, that they're yeah. doing it. Yeah. And I'm oh, going to be good. so on that, because uh, we can play it co-op. Woohoo! Yeah, Borderlands 2, one of my favourite games. Yeah. Um, and the pre-sequel was good. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> good. <laughs> it is fine. Uh, Bethesda's Creation Club. What is this, Taron? Essentially, mods are curated by developers, so be it people from Bethesda Game Studios themselves or uh, like affiliates and stuff like that, and they they present mods that are 100% guaranteed to work with your save file, not corrupt it and stuff, and with all of the current save files and your game, blah, blah, blah. Um, But they're paid. You have to pay for them. Boo! Which is awful, because a lot of the mods are essentially... So they're only launching with an array of mods. And essentially, 99% of the mods are all mods that are currently available for free by other people that have just been redone by the affiliate developers and then sold for money rather than being free. Right. I I don't really get how they're doing this or how they they think it's okay. Um, things like every single thing. post I've seen about it on Facebook that they do is just like a mass of anger. Yeah, good because it's it's ridiculous. It goes back to that money grabbing lark. But paying for mods is is a weird thing because mods originally were born from people just wanting to mess about with the game and make their mark on it. And this mm-hmm. this formalizes it in a way that it's never been formalized before. And I think it's partly anger at Bethesda for basically putting the gate up behind the like things that make their games one better more stable two cooler but also because it paves the way like they did with the stupid uh review scheduling stuff the review policy yeah um it paves the way for for general industry behavior mm-hmm. uh, which this can't that like this shouldn't be at all okay in the industry as a standard um it just it's ridiculous at how similar they are like a lot of the the mods are like the chinese armor that's already out there for fallout 4 for free and it's a carbon copy but the free one is actually a better resolution better stability all of that and is already confirmed to work with your save files and then the, the chinese armor that you can buy not with not with real money with credits that you buy with real money and generally you can only buy the credits in bundles so you buy a thousand credits but nothing adds up to a thousand 
It's like XBLA all over again. Yeah, exactly. It's just whatever it was called. It just sniffs of of foul play and poor taste. Yeah, it's not on. Yep. It's not on. So don't support that. Nope. Don't support that. Player unknown unknowns is it unknowns? Yeah, he's or like unknown? he's called Player Unknowns Battleground. Okay, cool. Uh, it's it's ridiculously popular on PC, and Insanely it was supposedly popular. it's coming to Xbox as well, but. It may well be coming to PS4 as well, right? Yep. So, essentially, Microsoft have come out and said that they're publishing it. So, a lot of people are like, ah, oh, it's definitely an exclusive. But the word, like, permanent, like, the, the console exclusive that they ramble on about everything else is officially exclusive. They haven't used any of that. The term, like, timed exclusive has been thrown or, thrown around and, like, current exclusive. So like, Didn't it, one of the devs say that it would eventually come to PS4 anyway? Dude, like... Oh, I don't know how many millions were concurrently playing it, but a stupidly large number of people were concurrently playing it on Isn't the it PS4. 27 or something? Yeah, something absolutely... Basically, uh, its first couple of weeks, it sold 2 million copies. In the last two weeks, it sold 2 million copies. Ugh, it's snowballing mad. at such a disgusting rate. There's no way this game isn't going to come out on like your smartwatches. Yeah, eventually. everything. You know, you know how Minecraft just is everywhere? That's going yep. to be player unknown for the like the the shooter genre. Um, I've still not played it because my PC basically coughs and catches fire if I attempt it, <laughs> even though it, it's fine with everything else. Yeah. Um, but it, I I want to play it. The whole like premise of the the shrinking ring seems really cool. And do you know what? If it comes to PS4, sweet, I'm on that. That'd be so good. Mm-hmm. It seems like that kind of game that would do well from having you know how Rocket League just everybody plays that. Yeah. So yeah, it's it'll be such a good fit just being on everything, um, and I don't know how much money Microsoft will be willing to to throw at it to to keep it. Yes, well we'll see. We but shall. I think it's it's safe to assume that it will be coming eventually. Uh, shall we move on to our big discussion? Let's. Tarrant, talk to me about that Destiny two. So I I went to a hands-on before it launched and I did a write-up for Pushware that many of you may may have read. Um, and since I, I haven't played any further of it, but what I played was the finished deal. It was just like a pre-launch kind of kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I walked out of it pretty buzzed like you would from that kind of... I mean, they took over a whole basement thing in, in the middle of London and... There were burgers called The Grind and stuff like that. Like, it was all so on brand and twee. Um, And I had some beer goggles on. But after kind of sitting down and thinking about it, looking at everything that's coming out, Mm -hmm. uh, it's... I mean, I I don't own it yet. And that that speaks speaks volumes into itself. Like, I was there, Destiny, day one. Like, super on it. I thought it was going to be the next thing since sliced bread. And I'm I'm not too fussed, to be honest. No, I mean when it I played it, it does look like more Destiny. It, exactly. When I played it, it was like, oh, okay, this all works the same. This all works the same. My grenade takes a little bit longer to charge up, and I can now do that on that button. Cool. Like I can make an ice shield as a Titan. Sweet. That that doesn't dynamically change the vibe enough for me to really get super excited. Um, Destiny was always amazing to me because of the the world building that it didn't do that I had to do myself that I had to seek out. I liked exploring the information and finding out about the Vex and 
all of that. It was I thought all of that was really really interesting, and they seem to have doubled down a little bit more on the story. But saying that, it doesn't now sound short. People no? are finishing it in like four or five hours, apparently. Something ridiculous oh. like that. Okay. And um, it only launches with 14 trophies. Really? They've obviously already got the season pass out there and they've confirmed two new expansions, which, granted, they did for Destiny 1, but it's launching a hell of a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything just seems... Like, it's very run-of-the-mill. Like, we've already got Zer popping up on the Wednesday... Uh, the, the weekend, sorry. And we've already got the weekly resets going, which is today as we're recording. Mm-hmm. And they're doing their first weekly reset. It's just like back business as usual. And it just seems like they had to release Destiny 1 for financial reasons. Ergo having to put it onto the previous architecture, which completely balked their long-term plans. Right. Because they've ditched the architecture now. And like, I don't know. Uh, it felt like Destiny was originally touted. Do you remember when they were saying it's going to be with us for 10 years? It's a 10-year contract, blah, blah, blah. Your, your Guardian yeah. will be with you for 10 years. Uh-huh. Do you remember that? Yeah, we, we first met at a, at a... No, we didn't first meet at a Destiny launch event, but that was the second time we, we yes. met, wasn't it? Yes, So So all that stuff about... That was such a good night. <laughs> it was good, wasn't it? It was really good. It's when Alex kept... Denton drove me home. It was lovely. <laughs> I, like, crashed out in Trafalgar Square. They because they kept running out of, of different alcohol, didn't they? So it was like prosecco when you walk in, and then they ran out of prosecco, so they switched. So basically, they were mixing our drinks for us. So it was a recipe for disaster. I I wasn't drinking because I had to drive, ah. but I I had parked in Oxford and then caught a bus, um, <laughs> and Stinson had, had driven, so he drove me back to Oxford and dropped me at my car, so I could then drive home. Uh, Bless him. Yeah, it was it was a crazy night. Anyway, yes, I do remember them saying it was a ten year cycle. I was like, that's optimistic because everyone stopped playing after three months. Well, it well, was optimistic. Some people did anyway. And then at the first hurdle of our our guardian coming with us, no, they've stopped that. It's like already that that's not the case. We're less than three. We're just over three years into what was supposed to be a ten year thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, none of our gear carries over, so essentially, Destiny One was irrelevant. Is this the question? Is is this the same Bungie that I think people think it might be? In a similar sense to how Bioware is not the same Bioware that made Mass Effect Two, and um, shortly after the success of, of Modern Warfare, um, Infinity Ward is is definitely no longer the Infinity Ward that it was. Uh, is is Bungie now? the same Bungie that it was when it was making Halo or is this just Bungie in all but name or not in all but name sorry but just name in just name um with their with their real because it's it's a very functional game clearly and there's a lot right with it but it feels very from the outside looking anyway it feels very clinical it feels like this is a sequel to a very successful video game and this too will be a very successful video game yes doesn't really seem to be trying particularly hard in the story or like the visual department visual from a sense of like obviously it looks gorgeous but it's not got a particularly striking art style it's just photorealistic aliens and guns yeah i mean it's such a shame when you look at the concept art which is purely staggering like i can't get over how good the concept art for destiny is and mm. i recall the concept art for halo being stunning um and they yeah it's like you said, they they aren't the same Bungie, and they won't be. But this is obviously the biggest contract they've ever handled as a, as a studio. 
mm-hmm. and it shows. And I think all of the stuff that came out about Destiny 1's development woes, I think this one was a very much play it safe. And it felt, from what I've played of it, which was uh, a strike, a load of Crucible stuff, um, and one of the story, the, the opening story mission. The opening story mission was like pure nostalgia. It was like, here, everything you knew has blown up. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, it looked gorgeous. I was playing on a pro. Um, it was nice seeing all the old characters and whatnot. But aside from that, it was like, yeah, it, this is business as usual. Like I slotted right into it and kept playing. And the yeah. biggest thing I took away from it was that I played the strike with three, like two other people that I knew. You know, I was yeah. sitting next to them playing it, or you know, I could directly talk to them on the headset. And that's where Destiny really shines. If you have a team of people, like a little clan, and you can go out and constantly play Destiny. You know, you, you've got Wednesday nights. That's your Destiny Destiny night. You're going to get heaps of enjoyment out of this game. You know, when the raid comes along, you guys will be preparing for it, whatnot. But just as a solo game that you pick up and play, it it's never going to go beyond the, the skeletal structure that it has, I don't think. Right. And everybody that I see that are loving it are people that have these little Destiny clans, which is why I think the, the, the clan format that they've got and the whole guided games thing with the raids and whatnot, I think that's going to be the big deciding factor so if you like loved destiny 2 but just hated the fact uh, destiny sorry and you, you hated the fact that you could never take part in the raid or never do the the nightfall strike then this this is probably a safe bet for you because it is more of the same with mm-hmm. tweaks to the little bugbears i think right in a nutshell <laughs> yeah i i played the uh, the beta so i i didn't ah, have PS cool. Plus, but I was able to play through the first two missions. Nice. Um, so I have played it, and yeah, it seems fine. Uh, I got to level 20 in Destiny, gave up when I got to the light levels, and um, yeah, that was about it for me. I, I couldn't really be tempted back at any point, but I mean, it certainly seems that if you like Destiny, you're going to like Destiny too. so yeah. it's got that going for it, hasn't it? Yeah, um, I'm glad the light, light system came back. Yeah, I thought they'd get. I honestly thought that felt so hashed out. I thought they'd really get rid of that and actually just put like a normal RPG leveling system in there. But they stuck with this, like yeah. That's where I prefer Borderlands and stuff like that, where you just you just level up, you just continuously level up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a good way to do it. Anyway, Um, one two to another two, Nak two, Nak two. You want to talk Nak two first? Yeah, let's talk Nak two. Nak two is bloody naff. Naf um, 2. Exactly. Naf 2. Uh, Pushsquare.com gave it an 8 out of 10. They're Ludicrous, wrong. quite frankly. Uh, to each their own. I think it's uh, undoubtedly better than Nac 1. Um, polish a turd? But, exactly. But, um, it proves that you can polish a turd. <laughs> but, here's the thing. It's got a terrible story that doesn't make any sense. Um, the story, despite being overblown and quite silly, and it's about goblins and stuff, is played completely straight. Everyone is serious all the time. The dialogue is appalling, which would make you think, oh, maybe, you know, maybe it's a kid's game because it's got a silly story about goblins. But then they play it really straight. Um, the the way that they model the humans is so horrifying. They're the <laughs> ugliest CGI humans I've ever seen. Knack just doesn't make any sense in terms of the character Knack. He he speaks in quotes, basically, and quips, but they're not funny, and they're delivered really flatly. And then the gameplay 
is so hard <laughs> that really? I just don't know who it's for. Knack One was the same. It was punishingly, frustratingly difficult a lot of the time in the combat. And the and the checkpoints were dreadful in Knack One. They are better in Knack Two, but there is still a case of why is this enemy suddenly pulling out these new moves as soon as I'm on the back foot here? How am I meant to prepare for this? This is stupid. Uh, you do have loads more combat options in this, but ultimately that boils down to having to remember more buttons. And I will say that the platforming is undeniably very good. There's some great okay. bits of platforming where you know it goes uh, side on and you've got to jump over spinning saw blades and then press sure. R1 to shrink down to tiny knack and all that sort of stuff. But it just it goes on for ages. It's it's frustrating and tedious and if you like it, good for you, but I don't understand what planet you're on. Um, it did better on Metacritic, didn't it? Oh yeah, it it did a lot better. Um and as I said, it's a better game. I don't understand why people think it's amazing, though. That's totally beyond me. Maybe it's in the wake of the nostalgia following uh, the Crash Insane trilogy, because it's very much a hark back to that kind of game. Uh, but it's not hard because the game is hard. It's hard because the checkpoints are bad and the enemies do that particularly frustrating thing that you sometimes see in Dark Souls where you'll because there's a dodge button you'll dodge and even when the enemy's swinging its weapon down it'll it'll follow you round and still hit you anyway. Oh, that's so balls um, in Dark Souls. It'll it'll do the stuff where there'll be a, a a splash attack or an area of effect attack and there'll be no defined clearly defined area where you're safe and where you're not. So you'll sometimes get hurt anyway or you'll be waiting on the outskirts of where is safe and you'll see the attack start to die down, you'll take one step, and you'll take the full amount of damage as if you'd been hit anyway. It's it's like, it's not good, it's it's fine. Uh, so that's Knack 2. <laughs> Congrats, Mark Cerny, uh, for making a, a better, but still very average game, in my opinion. Um, Everybody's Golf, on the other hand, an absolute delight, Tarrant. Really enjoying it. Uh, you create your little guy, uh, you, everything levels up all the time as you start to play, like things ticking over, you unlock new gear, you yeah. unlock new courses, It's it's got like a, a PlayStation home style home plaza where you can actually just wander around and talk to NPCs and stuff, It's it's great, it's lovely and a budget release as well. I just love how you had to, like we're talking about, you know, some like big AAA kind of releases and you're like, no, I've got to talk about everybody's golf. Everybody's golf is great. <laughs> really liked it. Uh, lovely, old, lovely mate. game. Maybe I've always liked the idea of everybody's golf, but I was always terrible at it. But now I'm a bit older. I'm I'm enjoying it. You're gonna like all the chess releases, aren't you? You're gonna come god, back and just be yeah. like, "Oh my god, Ult- pure chess, chess, best game on PS4." Pure chess, yeah, it's my favorite ever. Uh, Uncharted: The Lost Legacy. Very, very good. Uh, I don't think it's as good as Uncharted Four because it's a more uh, streamlined adventure. Yeah. So it cuts. It cuts a lot of. Um, what what some people would call f- would call fluff out. Okay. I quite like the fluff because it makes it feel like a bigger deal. It makes yeah, it feel like there's more game. It's world building, isn't it? It's experiential yeah. a lot of it. So I think so. It took me about six and a half hours to beat Uncharted: The Lost Legacy. Uh, That's thoroughly, pretty good. Thoroughly enjoyed myself. Thought it was really really good. Um, yeah. And um, highly recommended to Uncharted fans. Um, sure. I don't think it was quite as good as Uncharted Four. Um, because obviously it was developed by the the quote unquote B team because the rest are working on the Last of Us Part Two, 
um, but it told it told a reasonable story. I felt like the emotional stuff between Chloe and Nadine felt a little bit forced sometimes, where it was really? like you'd just go through a shooting section. It'd be like uh, they'd just sit down, and one of them would say, "Yeah, so my dad," and then the other one would go, "Ah, oh, no way, my dad," and and then they'd just get back to treasure hunting again and then you know it was it was very much a sort of a, a story of three acts where it was like let's make them friends so we can break them up and then bring them back together again um, yeah it, you could just you could just sense it coming a mile off but you know that's that tends to be how those stories work but it was very good i really really liked it so highly recommended where does it come chronologically in the whole uncharted like if After i want to check it up four. So I shouldn't play it if I haven't played Uncharted 4, for example. No, absolutely not. No. Oh, that's, wow. That's the okay. last one you should play. Uh, you can play them in order of release. Oh. Apart from the from um, Golden Abyss, which you sure. know, is okay. I, I played that. I played that in an airport in Did Paris. You? Yeah. Okay. They, it was when the, the the Vita was, like, new. And, it you know, back in the day when game game shops had, had them out to play. Uh, yeah, I, I played it then. And um, yeah, it was a it was older right. scene with... Nate running away from a boulder and I was like hang on this is basically Crash Bandicoot and at the time I didn't know <laughs> that Naughty Dog were behind it oh right well they weren't actually they they just they um they were behind they're obviously the, they're behind Uncharted that was developed yeah, yeah. by so, maybe Sony Bend I'm not sure who developed that um it was okay that one but the rest of them great yeah, that's man. and six and a half hours is really good I don't recall yeah. um the Last of Us um, Left Behind, that was it. I don't recall that being as, as long, and that's of a similar vein kind of release, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that, that was more of a DLC. Um, this, oh, I think, was like originally standalone. planned as DLC, and then they mm. uh, they just thought, you know what, let's just put it out as its own thing, and it was good. Yeah, and uh, six and a half yeah. hours for, they're charging what, like 15, 20 quid? It's about 25. Yeah, that's... Uh, so it's a disc, it's a retail release. Yeah, that's really good, that's really good. Like, yeah. Going, hey, we'll just extend that above 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 a DLC, but we're only going to charge like you know half the price of a full retail game, which a lot of full retail games take half that amount of time. Yeah, so that's no, that's sweet. I'm, I I haven't I haven't fobbed it off either, have I? I haven't been like oh, uncharted. No, you haven't. Well done. It's very so, mature. Yeah. Really. I'm, I'm yeah. I thought you know the last episode and all that. I should it's should grown. let that go because I'm I'm still not over that comment that we got on iTunes after the first episode about the guy being really miffed that I didn't like Uncharted. Yeah. Yeah, you made it a thing, but now... I've now grown. To play it. I've grown, yeah. man. Uh, well, there we go. Those are, those are the big games, I think, that are worth discussing at the moment. Um, I think it's time for some questions. <laughs> Question time! Tarrant, who's up first? Rudy Manchego. Oh, boy. As people involved in gaming, both personally and professionally, do you feel burnt out on gaming and go through periods when you just feel less excited about games in general? Yes. Unequivocally. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Because we both we both sort of have or are working in games. Yes. Um, you know, th- not this that we're doing right now. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And... Um, I don't know. I don't know what point it was, but they reached a point where I was like, I was just so over games in terms of getting excited about, you know, the 
the AAA games that were coming out and stuff yeah. and the series that I used to love I just didn't care anymore and I wasn't fussed about watching E3 live and things like something happened at some point and I'm not sure what or when it was no but it it stopped I'm in a very privileged position with my job at the moment where if there's a game I want to play I can request a copy and then I can just play it and then you know it's you, you usually get a copy of a game in exchange for coverage so I can do it that way yeah um which obviously not only saves a, a ridiculous amount of money, but also I think in a, in a similar but not exactly the same vein to how PlayStation Plus works, where where you know you you get some little indie game and you play it for two minutes and you're like uh, can't be asked with that, and the the whole reason is because you strictly speaking didn't pay for it, so you don't yeah. really care. Yeah, um, that's kind of the same. Where I do care because I requested the copy of it and I want to play it. But because I didn't buy it, I feel there's there's some weird sense. Do you, you know, do you know what I mean? Where it's like it doesn't feel as as important as if you'd have you pre-ordered it and were looking forward to this game. I feel like we're just so overexposed. That's the thing. It's a, it's exposure definitely. If you sit in the sun too long, you don't want to stay in the sun the next day. It's the same kind of vibe. Um, right. We see everything about these games. Yeah, it's exactly. hard to get excited sometimes or at least as excited as you used to when you were young and these games just suddenly showed up and you're like oh I didn't even know there was a sequel in development that's amazing which happened to me with um, Time Splitters Future Perfect when that showed up in Tesco I was like oh my god this is amazing um, you know I used to read PSM3 magazine and that was my sole source for, for video game news yeah. and so I'd have to go a month I, I, I could look online but I didn't know where to go you know, I didn't know of the website to go to. I trusted that place, and that's all I did. Now, though, you get everything all the time. Yeah, the immediacy's killed a lot of it, and all of the the echo chamber stuff, so people's hot takes and all of that jazz, it just... Trailer it, reactions. Yeah, and YouTube's killed a vast amount of gaming for me, just the, the twee nature of it all and stuff. Um, and actually, do you know what? The, like, the way I consume games has changed as well. Like, right sitting down in front of my tv to sit and play a chunk of games is is pretty rare i mean i wanted to bring this up at some point but i played 44 hours of stardew valley in like three weeks (laughs) which is just purely disgusting and i'm so up up. every time i like because obviously it shows you doesn't it when when you go to yeah oh i just get upset with myself every time but damn is that game good oh it's so good i played it solidly for for about um uh, like two months. You know you but said you it, couldn't platinum it? Huh? You know you said you couldn't platinum it? Oh, yeah. You, you... You've totally enticed me to platinum it. Oh, God, you're going to be there forever. Well, I'm not far. It's a ridiculous platinum, that game. It is um, really... Like, yeah, you need, the... you'd need need a guide. I just couldn't be asked to just ruin... I'd, I feel like I've ruined my experience if I had to play it for dozens of hours with a guide to make yeah. sure I got everything But right. it's brilliant. Going off topic slightly, it is, it yeah. is a brilliant game. But It's I, amazing. Where I think that kind of time... That's like because at the moment I'm in between house and I only work a few days a week at the moment, don't have uni, blah, blah, blah. But I also play a hell of a lot of Hearthstone, which is a mobile game that I can play in a car. I can play on the bog. You know, it's it. mobile is such an easy way to consume games. I, I really like that. Um, and also games being 54.99 standard price when they release. Okay, I can beat about the bush and probably pick it up for forty three ninety five with one pound shipping, maybe or free shipping, whatever. But that's yeah. still a hell of a lot of money for like, especially when you look at like October, November, when like five, six decent games come out at once. Mm-hmm. It's just not viable to keep up with it if you're not getting them 
and gratis for coverage and stuff. Yeah, I, I realize I'm in, a, I'm in an extremely privileged position, but I mean, that's what I always felt when I was watching the likes or listening to the likes of Greg Miller. Yeah. Like rag on games. We're like, oh, yeah, we got a couple of copies in and stuff. I was like, you you have no idea how good you've got it. How many people would kill to be getting free copies of games? And I, I never, ever take that for granted. I, I feel no. incredibly fortunate. But equally, because we can't get a million copies of each game, we have to decide who gets what. And I've noticed increasingly that games that I would have liked to have played, or you know, normally I'd be like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll play that, or yeah, I'll review that. Um, I'm just not fussed. I'm just not so fussed anymore. Yeah, it's... I don't have much time to play games either. I don't play games at work, if people think that's what I do. I don't. Any game I review, I have to play in my spare time. And that's usually for a few hours on a Saturday, and that's yeah. it. It's it's tough, because I, I did my time like clawing my way up the journalism ladder, trying to like make that a career. And you end up playing some real trash for a long time. I play um, exclusively I mean, PlayStation Minis when I yeah, start to push square. And um, it burns you out, you know, when you, you've you got to put your all into these games. And, like, if you hated football games, for example, but you got contracted to do a football game, really? and you've got to put 110% into that because you've got to remain as objective as possible, blah, blah, blah. Mm. That's tough. That's really tough. Or playing a game that should take six hours, you've got to play it in three because you literally have no other time because you're also holding down a retail job and you're, like, doing whatever. Mm-hmm. You need and to you often work for free as well. I mean, the amount of times I didn't get any sleep because I played a game through the night, then got up and went, to, or, like, got out of bed, went to work, came back, finished writing the review and stuff. The, like, the amount of times I had to do that mm-hmm. for no money because that was the way you broke into the industry it's tough and it it makes you bitter anyway but trying to play games for enjoyment when you've just pulled an all-nighter trying to play a game for work is is so difficult so difficult so it's nice to find a game that that lights your fire and that you connect with which is why i'm always harking on about the walking simulators because they're small bite-sized games that give me huge enjoyment and are like meaningful short experiences yeah they're just a nice bite-sized way to consume games that aren't mobile and are from a design perspective and from a visual perspective and all of that very very good mm-hmm. um, but yeah I'd say we both feel pretty burnt out when we have to do this for work as well yeah I mean, we still love games yeah I mean we both no, no way too much information about games to give up at this point right no um, definitely not it, I mean, it, take, it just consumes so much headspace yeah I mean, and shelf like, space as well. Thing. God, the state yeah. of my flat. <laughs> I'm actually moving towards more digital stuff just because I haven't got any space for them. Yeah. First world yeah, problem or probably, what? I should probably do that. Anyway, that's a great question. Uh, moving on, Demaster asks, was there ever a game that had some controversy surrounding it, yet you still enjoyed playing it? No Man's Sky. Yeah, that's a fair one. That's a fair one. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't at the say time, con- I didn't. Mm. Actually, at the time of controversy, I didn't. Um, but, like, I... I love it now when the controversy yeah. is still bubbling away but yeah what about you I, d- I can't say I've ever really gone in for a game that I was aware had any controversy <laughs> surrounding it um, but I have enjoyed some crap games before some truly crap games um, there was a game that was like 
practically just copyright infringing every other game franchise because it was like oh the return of max hazard or something on ps3 right. uh max hazard quick google it i'm, I'm googling eat what? lead the return of of matt hazard Okay. Is that it like was Duke rubbish. Sort of, but it was like it just aped every video game franchise ever. Like it was, it was really bad. I think I got the platinum in it. It was really hard. I don't know why did. I did it. I don't know why I did it. Because uh, you're parodies addicted. In Matt had uh, the game includes many parodies in its dialogue, settings, and characters. This process of parodying action games and other genres is greatly assisted by the fact that Matt Hazard is capable of breaking the fourth wall. The parodies include references to long elevator waits. Um, as a mask for game loading, text scrolling RPGs, tutorials, uh, various action games, Mario Bros, Duke Nukem, Dungeons and Dragons, Bugs Bunny, Evil Twins, Halos, Master Chief, Wolfenstein 3D, Red Steel, Mortal Kombat, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Resident Evil, and more. Um, and the aggregate score was like five. Wow. <laughs> but I still really enjoyed it because it was so stupid. Um, so yeah, not not controversial by any stretch of the imagination, but I still had fun but with it. But just rubbish. Yeah, just rubbish. Yeah, I liked the uh, the Call of Duty that uh, No Russia was involved in. Uh, that uh, the level where you just gun down an airport full of people. Is that Modern Warfare two or three? I two, two, I think. Yeah. yeah, I mean that level itself is just vile and should never have existed. It was completely like it could have just been mentioned in in dialogue or something. It was completely vile and un- unwarranted. And I'm glad that they at least gave you an option to not have it. Um, but yeah, I mean the game shoot. itself it was attached to I loved yeah um, Andrew Webb asks what games do you think we'll see at PSX in December that didn't appear at E3 um, god hopefully uh, oh god what's it called um, we're in a really can... awful position where it's been a while since E3 <laughs> but it's yeah. still a while to Playstation experience what wasn't there like Nino Cooney will probably be there I'd have thought yeah, I mean that got delayed, didn't it? So hopefully by then they'll have a lot more like game, maybe a long-term gameplay thing to show. Final That'd be Fantasy cool. VII remake. Um, <laughs> yeah. The Spyro Collection, please, Activision. Oh please, that would um, be so good because it was only because Insomniac have been Microsofted and they're not anymore. Yeah, well, it's, it's owned by Activision. Activision own. Um, yeah, and obviously they've so, got the affiliation with PlayStation, so. I'm hoping that maybe they give it to the studio that made uh, Vicarious Visions, I think, did the Insane yeah. Yeah, yeah, collection. Yeah, they smashed yeah, that. Yeah, they'll, so. they'll do a good job. I'm sure they will. I'd so be all over that. Hopefully they'll do it. Maybe, I love yeah. Spyro. Such good games. And that's not even uh, me talking through nostalgia. Like I genuinely played through all three of them, the trilogy on my, my Vita. I used to play it mm-hmm. on the way to work. Yeah, I was... Um, um, my girlfriend really liked uh, Spyro. Still really likes Spyro. Yeah, and quality. we together played through Spyro Three Year of the Dragon, no, and a hundred percented it. You nerds! Like all of the gems, all of the eight. It was great. Yeah, so <laughs> you a bunch of nerds. I know, right? And that was only like a month ago. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, Spyro is still very much beloved, but we don't talk about the PlayStation Two or Skylanders. We don't talk about that. Yeah, dark, dark time for old Spyro. Didn't happen. Elijah Wood was was never the voice of Spyro. Thank you. <laughs> uh, finally, Big Cop Man, Big Copman, asks, which games would you like to see as a remastered collection? Dead Space, Dark Souls, etc. I have two immediately, Tarrant. Yep. Demon Souls mm. and Dark Souls in the same package. Mm-hmm. 
and the goddamn Mass Effect trilogy. What are you doing? Yeah, why? Hur- hurry I really up. thought they'd do that as well. It's beggar's belief. Yeah, I really thought they'd do that. There must be an issue with porting, because porting isn't as simple as just going, like, drag and drop. True, but those games were on PC. Um, Which does make and, it easier. And yeah. it is, that's that's quite close to the PS4 architecture, or at least closer than the PS3 was. They could do it if they wanted to. They're EA, they're just not, for some <laughs> reason. I don't know why. I'd love, I'd, I'd love a Souls, uh, like a Souls collection. Mm-hmm. That'd be wicked. Um, yeah. From oh, that's what we might see at PlayStation Experience. From Software might pop up with something. Probably, yeah. an armored, probably Armored Core. Not gonna lie. Boo! But, no one's yeah. gonna want that. Everyone will see the From Software logo and go, oh, and then it'll be giant, massive robots, and people are like, oh. I still really want it to be Bloodborne too. They need to do a Bloodborne too, and they need to contract From Software to just remake. Um, a Demon Souls in the Dark Souls 3 engine. Oh, that'd be so good. Uh, I don't want any updated, um, you know, HUD. I don't want any updated gameplay mechanics to introduce some of the stuff from that they introduced in the later Dark Souls. I literally want just it up. Demon Souls, but shinier. But shinier. Shiny Shine. Souls. Shiner. Yeah. Please. That's what I'd like. What would you like, apart from Dark Souls? Oh, collected remasters. Um... I'm just trying to think of what I like used to love. Oh, I mean, obviously, I'd love a Time Splitters collection. Oh yes, That'd please. Be so so sweet. Um, Cry- I'm looking Crytek. at like because what are they doing with that license, idiots? Well, uh, well Crytek's in in crisis. <laughs> hey, hey, um, yeah, it is. They're, but they're still. having an absolute mare with their IPs, and I th- I think it's not worth as much as we think it should be. I don't know, I did an April Fool's video on Push Square's YouTube channel uh, like a, a couple of years ago saying that I'd found leaked documents on a on a train. Oh, I remember that, and, and it was, it was like, drawn. It was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever done because <laughs> I just hand-drew it on A4 pieces of printer paper and said, well, here you can clearly see some weapons. And people were so mad! People were so mad! I, yeah, April Fool's video. They were so angry so at good. it. So There's good. clearly a lot of people that like Time Splitters out there. Yeah, I definitely. think a deceptive amount, maybe as many as, you know, would buy the, the Crash um, Insane trilogy. Well, that did insane numbers. So certainly, it certainly ended. (laughs) Um, I'd like. I'm looking at like I I rebought a load of PS2 games from a charity shop because why not? And um, what do you remember? Did you ever play Warhammer 40k Fire Warrior? The first. No, I've never been into the Warhammer video games. I've just got back into. it. I bought all the miniatures and paints and stuff. It's like uh, you can tell I've got a little bit of disposable income. No, no friends. But yeah, I'd love that to get remastered because that was brilliant. That was so. I I feel like the Warhammer 40k franchise in general is just so unloved in video games. They like never seem to do it like that right. Uh, Space Marine was really good, but they should do like a big RPG game with it. That'd be so intense. And they need to do a film. It's just like the lore and fiction is so rich. Why has it not been adapted? They adapt bloody Fifty Shades of Grey, don't they? Yeah. Oh, awful. Don't underestimate horny middle-aged women. That was insane. I remember, like, you couldn't buy that book. It was just sold out everywhere because mm. all these like middle-aged women just wanted to get wet on the train to work. Disgusting. Disgusting. Unbelievable. Actually, do you know what they need mm. to remake? Metal cool. Arms Glitch in the System. Arguably okay. one of the best third-person shooter games I've ever played. And all right. It's amazing. Um, I remember I grew up playing that on PS2 at my friend's house, so purely nostalgia-driven. But it was mm. so good. 
so good. Well, like if you haven't ever heard of it, check it out because like the humor in it stands up today. It was still so good. Really? Yeah. And it had like you could take control of robots, and there was one called the Titan, and just plowed around, and it was like a very self-aware game, but also was like solid as a rock. There was like progression, so you'd upgrade your weapons, and it had the whole ratchet and clank like gathering bolts. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good vehicles. It was so well done, so well. It was by Sierra. <laughs> Um, who I think were involved with um, Time Splitters in some okay. capacity, if I recall. But yeah, really, really good. So that, that should be remastered. It's not set, but it should be remastered. Well, there we go. Yeah. Should we move on? Yeah, uh, I, it's kind of sad. It's, it, it's We're getting to the closing section. I'm starting to feel a bit, I don't know, impending doom. I'm just feeling hungry, to be honest. Oh, fair enough. Sorry, man. Let's move on. <laughs> well, now we've reached the end of the show, Tarrant. Um, I believe you've written some thank yous down here. They're, they're, they're short and they're definitely not all-encompassing. There's obviously... I mean, we were hitting a fair number of people listening and... If I could thank every single one of you, I would. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously that's not feasible. And instead of naming names and forgetting people and offending you all, we're going to just blanket thank you. But know that if you are listening, you are definitely included in, in these thank yous. Yes. Um, so yes. I, I'm going to start and just say thank you to all of our forum posters on the uh, the Pushweb podcast thread because you are insanely dedicated to to posting on that and keeping that alive having nice discussions in there when i forget to ask you guys for questions and you've got six hours to do it you guys always deliver and we get some stonking questions that we've absolutely loved answering um it's been really nice creating a banter and getting to know you guys through that forum post so definitely don't be strangers and hit us on social media um we'll we'll roll through our socials at the end or something so you guys can give us a follow and we can try and keep in contact and you can mm-hmm. hear all of our super hot takes through Twitter instead or something. Yes. 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 And uh, speaking of, of Twitter, you set up a, a Twitter account for the podcast. I did. <laughs> I didn't look after it. But it was there. It existed. And that's the point. What is that Twitter handle? Push Square Pod. At oh, Push Square Pod. And once more. Push Square Pod. Okay. At yeah. Pushquare Pod. And Pushquare Cool. Okay. Uh, I'd like everyone to go and check that out because I'm going to send you over the original notes, Tarrant, that we made when we went to the pub. To oh, no way. Thing. If you want to. I've still got the notes on my phone. So if you want to just post a progression of those, maybe in the forums as well. Yeah. Uh, then people can see those, including some early uh, show name ideas, uh, some. <laughs> PSP, yeah, you kind of went for that in the end, didn't we? Yeah, really. Um, yeah, no, that'd be uh, fantastic. Yeah, you guys can look out for that, and we can. Yeah, we don't want to just disappear. That's why we've we've cobbled this episode together for you guys because we it's it's not cool to just like drop off the face of the planet when this was a joint effort between us and you. Yes, of course. Uh, thank you, everyone who left us iTunes reviews. Yes, it's nice. Except it that sustained guy. us. Except that one guy, the Uncharted man, who presumably isn't here still. Yeah, because we still talk about Uncharted, and I still don't like it. Whatever. We're over it. Uh, We've got to say a thank you to our Lord Protector, Sammy Barker. Yes, of course. Um, 
for coming on the show because he reviews everything. And Alex Stinton, I did not write that. We should say thank you to him because he reviews yeah. bloody everything and always was up for the show. And he was always a good sport. Yes, thank you, Alex. Thank you, Sammy. And thank you to King Weeb, Robert Ramsey, for filling in for me when I gallivanted away around the world and for supporting Push Square's more niche games. Yeah, that's one way of putting it. It's <laughs> one way of And of course, it. all the uh, Lord and protecting board of directors above everyone that exists in Push Square. Mm-hmm. Thank you for taking a chance on us, um, supplying us with the not only the ability to, to be heard, um, but also to accommodate us in the Push Square universe. So that's that was really cool. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and finally, what, what have you got written here, Tarrant? Most of all, a massive thanks to you. Me? No, not not you. You oh. as in the people listening. You, you, yes, you. The person that hear, hearing now. Right. That includes you, but it's not directed at you. Right, but not me. Not but not you. me. No. Okay. No. Even though I'm there. Whoever's on the receiving end of this broadcast, except Potter. Yep. A thank you to you, because without you, this, this wouldn't this wouldn't work because we'd just be talking to each other um, which you know we've both got better things to do than that um, 100% yeah I mean I heard you guys saying that you listen on the way home from work that you listen in the gym that's that's awesome that you guys picked us to occupy your time with so that, thank you so much yes yes thank you it's it's weird because at the end once I've sent this podcast off and uploaded the video to YouTube. That'll be me done with Push Square. Yeah. Like, like finished. Um, and I will email, you know, the 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 important folks and thank them, and uh, and and explain. But that's that's me, isn't it? Like I started as a writer. Yeah. And I wrote for ages, and then I begged Sammy to let me have a go at video, and and they did, and then. I was unable to to review games because I just didn't have enough time, and uh, and I started properly having a go at video instead. And it was off the back of them allowing me to experiment that allowed me to to move into my current job. Yeah, and and hopefully move on to even better things at some point as well. And so I'm immensely grateful for that. So I went to video editor from staff writer, and then when that sort of died down a bit. At the beginning of last year and we started up the podcast i switched over to podcast editor and now with this dying down as well that's uh sadly the end of my push square journey i think i'll always be a member of the push square family and i'll i've made some incredible friends yeah through definitely. through push square you know you well, we and met. ramsey and yeah well, exactly yeah exactly um and I'll always look out for for those guys at you know events and shows and EGX and that sort of stuff if if I go to that. But uh, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I I would not be anywhere close to where I am currently if I hadn't done stuff with Push Square or they hadn't taken a chance on me to let me do stuff. Getting all so emotional. Thank you very much. Not really. I'm still hungry, but <laughs> I just wanted to I just wanted to say it here in a public forum that I don't uh, for a second. Uh, undervalue what they've done for me personally no it's been it's been fantastic i mean it it kickstarted exactly the same as you that i I came on as a writer and it it acted as a springboard into what was a 
a swift and spiraling career in games journalism um, that accumulated in me ending up in PR, mm-hmm. which I then ended up being on the other side of the fence working with Push Square. And now I'm actually wa- moving into like making games it's it's weird that that's come full circle and in a way for me i'll still i'll still pop on and write i'm quite close to london so i often jump in and help them out with events and stuff so like the destiny hands-on for example a lot of the Mm -hmm. other guys are up north beyond the wall so yes it's easier for me to go for them so i'll still i'll still be around in that capacity i'm not disappearing from push square but on the flip side it's probably a good time to like you said in a public space just kind of make it clear that i fully appreciate everything push square did and um if any of you guys listening want to work in games and want to start your career in games push square is one of the best outlets to foster talent so you mm-hmm. should have a look on the website and see if you can get involved too i Absolutely. strongly encourage you to jump in there get involved definitely um i think that that doesn't just apply to uh the youths either like we were when we were well i was i mean i was wrapping up university when i reached out um you were younger yes. and um i think an, an excellent example to to people who still feel like they can contribute in some way but maybe aren't you know at school age or whatever is uh, alex stinton yeah absolutely who, who holds down a, a full-time job in quite a senior capacity and still miraculously and a family and miraculously finds the time to write and live stream and all that stuff so if you want to do it you absolutely can you just need to reach out to push square and see what you can offer and uh, and just give it a go because you never know yeah definitely give that a try right well with that said should we run through this outro for the last time oh i'm yeah yeah let's do it that's all we've got time for but be sure to keep it locked to pushsquare.com Yes. Best PlayStation. F***ed it. I f***ed it. You okay? Yeah, I'm. I'm a bit like. Yeah, I'll try again. Okay, give it a give it a go. That's all we've got time for. But be sure to keep it locked to pushsquare.com for the best PlayStation content on the internet in the form of daily news, reviews, features, and more. I was just writing down that you swore. Uh, and if you'd rather that content come straight to your social media feeds, then follow the team on Twitter at PushSquare or find them on Facebook.com forward slash PushSquare. And if you want to see rather than read because you're lazy like me, head to YouTube.com forward slash PushSquare where you can find streams, vlogs and other video form shenanigans. And make sure you go back and watch my Game of the Month videos. They're still there. Uh, Tarrant, what if they'd like to hear any of our stuff? Well, presuming that we aren't brutally wiped from the history books of PushSquare, our podcast can be found for now on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. Or if you go to pushquare.com forward slash podcast, you'll be able to find an archive of all of our shows and the supporting articles, which you guys crack on. Give them a listen. We do silly things. It, all the new stuff's probably like super irrelevant. But yeah. other than that, it's all fun and games, literally. Make sure you keep it locked to pushware.com, the best PlayStation site on the internet. And if anyone tells you otherwise, you can punch them in the face. That's, That's a, rule. a rule. There we go. Just wanted to extend that a little bit. Uh, Tarrant, where can they find you and what are you currently doing? So you can find me at Ben underscore Tarrant on Twitter. I'm pretty, contrary to my activity on the, the podcast Twitter, I'm very active on normal Twitter. Um, and I am currently studying game development at the University of East London. 
um, hoping to move into a career making games in some capacity. Fantastic. What about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at confused underscore dude. I am currently a um, a voiceover presenter, video editor for What Cultures, various YouTube channels, and I also have another PlayStation podcast called PlayStation Radio UK. If you want to find me on there, um, but Tarrant and I will still be friends. Oh, and what? so what? you can what? <laughs> so you can uh, follow us both on Twitter and then you can keep up to date with our various back and forths and stuff. And I have no doubt that we will be crossing paths in the future, albeit in some video game development capacity slash voiceover responsibility. Oh, yeah. When I'm indie, I'm doing getting you to do all of that for me because nice. mates rates. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> just just a pizza. Yeah. Exactly. I literally did bit. a piece of voiceover last week in exchange for the amount of money I knew a KFC cost. Amazing. <laughs> uh, that's yeah, you in anyway. a nutshell. Yeah, I'm cheap. Uh, buy me. <laughs> so that's it. Thank you, everybody, very much for listening to this. It's been a great, fun uh, experiment for the last year and a half or so. Nearly two years now. Yeah, nearly two yeah, about years. About a year Christ. and a half. Yeah, yeah. A year and five, six months. Um, Tarrant, thank you so much. Potter, thank this. you so much. It's been a pleasure. And uh, to everyone out there, stay sexy. Had to ruin it. Had to ruin it. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Push Square Podcast. For the latest PlayStation news, reviews, and features, visit www.pushsquare.com.